Welcome to the podcast. It is Pat and Stu, and for Glenn uh, this week, uh, today we talked a little bit about Michael Bloomberg getting into the race. Very billion. exciting possibility. Yeah, very exciting. Well, to know one. I know I'm considering voting for anyone else. Right. Um, and I think everybody is. <laughs> and everyone is. Everyone Everyone's is. on the same page, mm-hmm. even Michael Bloomberg. Uh, he's got $50 billion to spend, though, so it should be kind of interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, we also uh, go into the bizarre story over the weekend of the Navy secretary stepping down uh, in a battle with Trump. The media is just, uh, just absolutely convinced this is terrible for Donald Trump. Shockingly enough, it's not. We go into the details on that. We have Steven Crowder on uh, from Louder with Crowder, of course, also Blaze TV. He's got a special on Jeffrey Epstein that airs tonight, uh, and you can use the uh, promo code Epstein if you want to join and watch that uh, or watch it on YouTube. Uh, you can save 20 bucks with the promo code, though, so might as well give that a shot. We also explain uh, the travesty of Colin Kaepernick not being in the league. Why <laughs> is he not in the NFL? Yeah, I mean— Well, it might be because— he sucks. That was that's a big part of it. Yeah, that, that might part be of part it. of it. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into so. all of that and more uh, with myself and Pat from Pat Gray Unleashed on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. That's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple Eight. 727-BECK. Some great news to share. Yeah, last week, yes, we lost Wayne Messam. There was an end to Messamentum. Messamentum or Messamania? Uh, well, both. Both? Both are gone. I mean, he he did yeah. receive $5 in donations last quarter. No denying that. Five individual dollars, I no believe, denying from it. one person, but <laughs> five individual dollars. But $5, mm-hmm. uh, that'll get you somewhere in a race imagine he would have unleashed that in this case i mean he never my understanding is he didn't spend it but if he had (laughs) unleashed that into this uh, primary the whole thing would have been upside down it it goes into chaos at that point Mm -hmm. uh but the grief that we all feel because wayne messam is not (laughs) in the race any longer is mitigated somewhat by the announcement of michael bloomberg over the weekend Mm. so great that michael bloomberg is going to run for president I mean, here's just a few of the things that he's going to be bringing to the table. Mike Bloomberg started as a middle-class kid who had to work his way through college. He started as a kid. a business from a single room to a global entity, creating tens of thousands of good-paying jobs along the way. He could have stopped there. Could have. But when New York suffered the terrible tragedy of Mm 9-11, he took charge, becoming a three-term mayor who brought a city back from the ashes and brought back jobs and hope with it, Mm. creating tens of thousands of affordable housing units so families could have a decent place to live, raising teachers' salaries and kids' graduation rates, and creating a more open and livable city for the millions who call it home. He could have stopped there, but when he witnessed the terrible toll of gun violence, he put his money where his heart is, helping to create a movement to take on the NRA, the politicians they They own, to protect families across this country and help turn the tide. And he's funded college educations Mm, for thousands of deserving low-income and middle-class kids. Could he stop there? Probably stop so much. He probably the stopped there. Lobby and the outright oh. denial of this administration to yeah. protect the only home we have. 
from the growing menace of climate change. I'm guessing change. D- didn't now, stop. he sees a different kind of menace coming from Washington. Uh-oh. So there's no stopping no stop. here. Oh, because there's a America yeah. waiting to be rebuilt. Sure, everyone sure. without health insurance mm-hmm. is guaranteed to get it. And everyone who likes theirs can go ahead and keep it. Yeah, we've heard that Where the wealthy will pay more in taxes. Oh, good. And the struggling middle class will get their <laughs> fair share. Let's get those um, rich jobs people. that just allow you to get by mm-hmm. will become jobs that let you get ahead. Wow. Mike Bloomberg for president. Jobs creator. Leader. Problem solver. Oh. It's going to take all three to build back a country. It sure oh. is. So Make America Great Again is now Rebuild America. Which is essentially like the, I mean, it's, it's the same kind of slogan, the same thing, yeah. Right, same slogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a fascinating. It's a, this is a fascinating experiment, and my my there's a million things to talk about on Mike Bloomberg, most of which are just topics on talk radio because he's not going to win the nomination. But my favorite part of this is: can we finally put to rest the idea that you can buy an election? That if you have so much money, you can put all your money in there and you can buy an election. He's going to attempt mm-hmm. it here. The man has $50 billion. He is the ninth richest person on earth. Yeah. He is going to dump so much money into this campaign. Well, starting with $30 million right 30 now. $30 million. And right it, off the top. They say it's the biggest spend in any week in any campaign in American history, including the general election. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. And a meaningless, nowhere week Around and Thanksgiving. And there's no way. I mean, what the ego it must take oh. to believe you can win this thing mm-hmm. when everyone knows you don't have a shot. Oh. There's no chance he wins. His chance is, it's got to be less than 1%. There's no way people are clamoring for a Michael Bloomberg presidency. I don't think most of the Bloomberg family is, I don't think is, so. is clamoring for that. No, I don't think they are. Uh, and you know, he's going to try essentially a variation of the Giuliani approach which is skip all the early states. Is he still going to do that? Because I read an article where he was all in now. Oh, he is? That's what I heard. Because but... he's not even on the ballot in New Hampshire, as far as I know. I, I don't think he is. I know he made the uh, the Alabama ba- ballot, and he can get on whatever ballot he wants. Yeah. But the at least the reporting I heard this morning, again, confirmed that he was planning on skipping the first four states. So he would come in on Super Tuesday. Wow. And that's why he's going to be able to spend... So much money because... Bad strategy, though, because it'll be over by then. It, w- it certainly was for Giuliani. Remember when he waited in Florida for everybody yeah. to catch up to him? Yeah. And they'd already <laughs> passed him by. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bye-bye. <laughs> it did not work. It did not work. I mean, you know, Rubio sort of did that in the, last, uh, in the last primary as well. He tried to compete in certain early states, but he, is, he went all in on Florida. Mm-hmm. And again, that, that didn't work. Doesn't seem to be one of those things that, that works all that well. But think about this, Pat. Here's a guy who is $50 billion uh, of wealth, and he says he might spend up to a billion dollars on this campaign. A billion. Wow. And this is an experiment that's never been tried, really. I mean, Ross Perot obviously is the most obvious example. He comes in with his own money. He has a lot to spend, but he didn't spend anywhere close. I mean, I think he might have spent 60 or $70 million the entire campaign. And he was running for a general and had to get on, on ballots as an independent. Mm-hmm. Trump ran last time, kind of talked about self-funding, but never. I mean, he spent he probably he spent about $50 million of his own money on the campaign, which is a hell of a lot of money. But it, that's not a self-funding thing. I mean, he was still doing, uh, getting a lot of donations and got tons of help money-wise from the RNC and all these other sources. There was a one attempt back in, I think it was 1980, 
where the libertarian candidate they put a um they put one of the Koch brothers was the vice presidential candidate so they could spend whatever they wanted and it was a Koch brother at the number two slot and you know it helped I mean they had I think their highest vote total of the entire party's history with the exception of you know 2016 um was the was the one that beat it with Gary Johnson um but still like it, it's an interesting thought in that all of these problems that you have as a candidate when you go out and, and you're trying to go raise money and you're trying to you know kiss butt to everybody I mean they're saying Bloomberg's not even going to be out doing speeches he's just running ads he's like running a a campaign like like a fantasy team you know, he's just—it's—he's mm. it's, not going out. He's not training. He's not running sprints. He's not learning plays. He's just the fantasy team GM, and he's kind of <laughs> running ads. And you can spend mm-hmm. them, and you know, it's a well-done ad. If you, if yeah. any of that stuff appeals to you, I don't know that any of it does appeal to uh, the Democratic Party today. Taking a match, the U.S. Constitution doesn't appeal to you. Like, yeah, a, well, like I mean, just burn up the well, U.S. Constitution. Well, that should appeal, though, it to should, the yeah. Democratic Party. Should. That should, he should just say he's doing that. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. 727-BECK, it's Pat and Stu for Glenn. Uh, did you happen to see, I mean, there's no, there's no venue we can enjoy without getting some sort of political nonsense smacked in our face. And I, I'm, I'm really tired of it. Whether it's the NFL and the kneeling thing and the Colin Kaepernick thing, even into college football now at the Harvard-Yale game over the weekend, this is one of the big big rivalries. It's the I think it's the oldest continual rivalry, at least one of them. It's been going on for 136 years. Mm. So they're in the middle of this rivalry. They're about to come out for halftime. And onto the field rush a whole bunch of protesters. Here's a, a look at what happened if you're watching on Blaze TV. It's Essentially, running, yeah, it's running, a, running into the center of the field. And then they do a sit-in over climate change. Now, I don't know, hundreds, maybe a few thousand people ended up out there. And they stayed on the field for an hour. An hour. And then finally, some of them, most of them walked off. But 42 <laughs> of them were left. And police had to arrest them. And, uh, I, I mean, you can't go to a Yale-Harvard game without it being interrupted. And now Yale Bowl doesn't have any lights. So they're playing in virtual darkness by the end of the game because it was delayed an hour by these idiots mm. Over climate change, take your thing elsewhere, would you please? I and it sort of shows how dumb climate protesters are because it does. no one cares if the Harvard Yale game happens or not. Okay, I got news <laughs> for you. You want to go to an Alabama game, you go to LSU game. People are going to get really pissed about it. Here, they're like, mm-hmm. eh, I yeah. mean, this is a good excuse to just go home. Right, we don't have to stay. Right, it's cold. Yeah, you know, let's just get out of here because right. it's a nice tradition. I used to live in Connecticut, obviously. Mm-hmm. So did you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, the Yale Bowl is like it's a very well known thing, and it's like the Harvard Yale game is a big deal. It, well, it a, used to a, be right, at one time. It was traditional in, sense in 1872. It was a really <laughs> it was big game. It was huge. If they yeah. if they disrupted that game in 1872, I'd be people'd be pissed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this because that's I, for the national championship, probably, probably because there's only two colleges. Okay, <laughs> here. 
<laughs> them and Rutgers. Right. There were about three. Yeah, three. Now, no one cares. I mean, you just uh-huh. like the the Ivy League football thing is just not a big enough deal for anyone to that's, care. That's true. That is a typical uh, horrible move by climate <laughs> protesters. And it's like climate protesters are strange. It's somewhat unique in the way that they protest mm-hmm. things and they try to stop people from enjoying life. Like to make, a, and do you think you're going to win people to your cause yeah, when you're doing that? That's what I mean. It's so no. weird. Like, I, you know, they'll go and they'll, like, block a street so right. people can't get to work. And you're like, that's so people. irritating. Or they'll be like, hey, you know, we need to ban big screen televisions. And you're like, big screen? Of all the things? <laughs> like, go yell at the, 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 the coal plant with the smokestacks. Like, people might be on your side there. Mm-hmm. They also want to watch The Mandalorian on their big screen TV. Right. Don't target big screen TVs. That's a terrible idea. Dumb move. Dumb move, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, or they'll just block, like, oh, I have to go pick up my daughter at school, but I can't because of climate protesters. I mean, that is not a good way to go. You're not winning friends and influencing people, no question. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Louder with Crowder with Stephen Crowder. Uh, now, uh, Stephen joins us now, and I'm, I'm interested in the decision-making process that, <laughs> that led here. Which is, here we are, Stephen, going into a weekend. You're going to be around your family, Thanksgiving yeah. table, mm-hmm. everyone getting together, warm warm thoughts and memories. And you've picked today <laughs> for a special entitled, Epstein Didn't Kill Himself. <laughs> it's the perfect yeah. time. It's the perfect time of year yeah. for that. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, keep in mind that I did, uh, my, my, three years ago, my very first Christmas special was live waterboarding. Right. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, no, today is, is for people who don't know, it's actually um, really more on par with a with sort of an evil Knievel, Robbie Knievel stunt, complete with uh, Patriot attire and a, and a jumpsuit. I will be. We have created an exact to scale replica of Jeffrey Epstein's cell. So this will be tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. People can watch in the Blaze wow. or YouTube.com slash Stephen Crowder. And we have Newton scales, both at the point of compression around the neck and on the actual <laughs> hanging device itself. And I am going to attempt huh. to uh, kill myself the way Jeffrey Epstein did. Now, that being said, I will have a neck brace, but I am so confident that some of the numbers we have been given by the media, for example, the highway bone, they say, well, it's easy. It would only take 30 minutes, uh, 30 newtons, sorry, to break it. I will do that with no neck protection. You will watch me wow. live on air attempt to break my hyoid with the amount of force they recommended, and then uh, as well as trying to get to the 1,200 pounds of force number, which is what they use to administer death by hanging. Um, which still only results in one in 20 uh, examples of uh, the kind of fractures we saw with Epstein. So a lot of research wow. has gone into this. We've had an engineer on staff. And, uh, yeah, right before Thanksgiving, I'm going to try and uh, <laughs> hang myself in an accurate-to-scale uh, replica cell of Jeffrey Epstein. So now, the whole family. now, unlike <laughs> unlike the actual incident, incident with, uh, with Epstein, will yeah. your cameras work? Will we be <laughs> able to – will we see this happen? 
I, I appreciate your concern, and it's a legitimate <laughs> question. We do have uh, several security guards on Clinton Watch as well. <laughs> Good. Entrances and exits. Because, you know, the last thing I want is to be conducting a scientific experiment, and Rodham comes back and hits me in the back of the head with a mallet like Gallagher. <laughs> so we're going to make sure that uh, it's a controlled experiment. We have multiple cameras, so hopefully nothing will glitch out. If it does... And, uh, you know, I, I cease to be, I begin assuming room temperature. I, I, I do allow everyone permission to suspect foul play. Wow. So is there, now how do you feel, Stephen, if something terrible does happen tonight? How do you feel about us exploiting it for ratings? Uh, I would be disappointed if you didn't, frankly. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I mean, come on, I am hanging myself right. for, uh, I mean, really, this is to show the viewer. This is, here's the thing, I don't know. I really don't know. And I did a lot of training, a lot of neck-specific training and a diet of nothing but uh, oyster crackers and, uh, and mushrooms. So I've been taking this diligently, you know, I've been tr- treating it diligently for the last few months. Um, this is to show the audience that, listen, maybe it's possible, maybe it's not. Uh, but anyone, anyone who's been skeptical has been labeled a conspiracy theorist. We're mm-hmm. borderline not allowed on YouTube. I am so confident that the story we have been given is false that I will be performing half of these stunts without any protection. Then I will put on protection when I get to what the actual numbers are required, you know, to actually hang yourself. Listen, no one is saying that Jeffrey Epstein couldn't have strangled himself. Uh, What we are saying is this idea that he fractured three bones. We have calculated the force that is required in the exact cell. Because keep in mind, he he kneeled himself to breaking three bones in his neck, right? The the reports, he didn't jump from the top of the bed. And also, when it's an eight-by-eight cell, keep in mind, too, that the, the torque on that cord, right, there's shear force and torque depending on the angle. It's not like he could drop down that far because if his feet were completely up against the bed and he's pushing against the bed, he still can't go beyond a gap of about uh, four and a half, five feet between the bed and the bars, which would support his weight because his face would go straight to the bars. So the more that we've been building this set out and conducting some pre-experiments, uh, I don't want to say that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, but uh, I'm more convinced than ever that, uh, that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really interesting because I, I, I think we're in the same place on this, Stephen, in that like, I keep looking at this story and thinking, when I think logically, common sense-wise, over and over again, I keep coming back to the fact that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, well, there's not really evidence like the, the of... of there's nothing concrete. Now you may create some yeah. concrete evidence here tonight, but I mean, like the medical examiner saying that this is this is possible. This is uh, what happened. There are explanations, you know, like maybe the 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 guards may not have been checking any night. They may just be completely lazy guards that realized they could sleep through that shift whenever they felt like it, and nothing was going to happen. There are other competing right, yeah, explanations. I don't, I don't buy it. I'm I'm sorry, but like you're a logical guy, and I'm a logical guy. The most notorious pedophile in the world with the most, uh, you know, the most in-depth, intimate relationships with some of the most powerful people, mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that nobody was checking. And by the way, we will also have a live timer uh, with even Brendan, my youngest producer here. He will be uh, forced to create the rope of bed sheets without any sharp utilities or even edges. So he will be locked in a room, and we will time how long it takes to tie a rope of bed sheets that could adequately hang someone. Because keep in mind, he did that. So it's not mm-hmm. like the camera slips out for a few seconds. My guess is it'll take between 10 minutes to half an hour. If it takes five minutes, unless the cameras were off the entire time, I mean, you're going to notice a guy. He doesn't even have a Swiss Army knife. They've basically nerfed his whole room, and he ties together a rope from bed sheets. And keep in mind, the experiments that we're conducting, right, we conducted some pre-experiments here using cables, so bungee cords. That's a much more direct 
force on the neck and the trachea and the hyoid. And, and I understand what you're saying. Well, medical examiners have said it's possible, but that's why we're trying to examine this in a real-world scenario. For example, um, the hyoid bone is something people focus on. Well, it couldn't be less relevant because the hyoid bone is the easiest bone to break of the three fractures that Jeffrey Epstein sustained. So they say, well, the hyoid only takes 30 pounds of force, or sorry, 30 newtons. Well, that's in a vice grip where they take someone, you know, someone's hyoid bone, someone who's dead, you know, they take it off a cadaver, they crush it in a vice grip. I was able to host the show with the amount of force they claim would crush the hyoid bone. I actually did it, and I'll do that tonight to show mm. that the arguments we've heard from medical examiners on the side of it's very easy to kill yourself, that's not true. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not possible, but if I will be live on air talking to you, and this is, again, at 8 p.m. Eastern, available on The Blaze and on YouTube, I will be talking to you throughout the entire experiment so you can hear the amount of force on my neck. You will leave, I believe, uh, having, to, having a lot to think about. And uh, you know, hopefully I won't leave on a stretcher. But um, it, it is, uh, you know, it's, it, it's required a lot of training and a lot of, uh, a lot of forethought and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, tassels for my jumpsuit. Um, we have fire extinguishers on hand. Uh, I, I will be wearing proper uh, safety gear for my head. Is there a possibility you could burst into flame? <laughs> there is a possibility. There is absolutely a possibility. Okay. Um, keep in huh. mind, I am I am an untrained professional, so no right. one should be attempting this at home uh, at all. Uh, right. But we did have some engineers here really kind of crunch the numbers for us, and uh, I'm amazed that nobody else has. And there are a couple of stories to me that really don't add up. It's this. It's the Epstein story, because if you read what we've read in the New York Times and the Washington Post, right, they just kind of want to dismiss it. They mm-hmm. go, hold on a second, that doesn't add up. And then the other story is the Vegas shooter, just that no one knows anything. Oh, Think so about weird. that for a second. Yeah. What have we heard? And Those it's two, two years stories now. are the ones that stick in my craw. Yeah, yeah that, that one's yeah. Really, really, really weird, weird at all, as well. Um, and the, another addition to this, which I, th- I find fascinating, Stephen, is, is this um, Amy Robach mm-hmm. story, which happened with... Um, with uh james o'keefe where they released this right. video mm-hmm. and you know she comes out and she says we had this story for three years and 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 all these network you know or nbc sat on it and and then they they fired this poor woman from cbs who, who did didn't nothing. even do anything wrong i mean like yeah. that whole story was so ridiculous it, you know the me- media has ignored it completely conservatives have picked right. up that part of the story but one of the things I, i'm fascinated by is that Amy Robach, a story, a, 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 a decorated journalist in the mainstream who covered the story for multiple years, also says on this tape that she is 100% convinced that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. And that is right. on the tape, and I have not heard anyone investigate that. You know, you, you say that people, that, mm-hmm. you know, they're conspiracy theorists if they believe this. I mean, is Amy Robach a conspiracy theorist? This is, like, this, right. this feels, I think, to the American people... Not like a crazy conspiracy theory, but like something that actually happened and is being hidden from us. No, I think you're absolutely right. Here are some things that are that are undeniable that are not conspiracy theories. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein ran a pedophile ring with some of the most powerful people in the world. Mm-hmm. He had an island dedicated to pedophilia. He had a ranch as well where he had, you know, giant people can look up these pictures of giant orgy showers and rooms with pillows and crucifixes and, and uh, life-size crucifixes and, and no beds, by the way, just pillows and showers. Um, that's absolutely mm, true. Weird. He obviously was put on suicide watch at one point. For some reason, was removed from it. He, he hung himself by kneeling in a cell with a rope from bed sheets that he tied himself with no tools that no guards noticed, and he sustained the kind of injuries that only occur one in 20 from dead hang pull-ups, meaning when people are doing, you know, a Brooks and Shawshank, hanging themselves from the beam and kicking the stool out, yeah. that only results one in 20 of those kinds wow. of 
result wow. of these three fractures. There is no conspiracy about that, and that's what we're going to be testing tonight. Those are yeah. facts. Doesn't mean that it's not possible, but this idea that it is the most plausible scenario, or that if someone says, you know what, I don't think that's the most plausible scenario, considering that uh, that, uh, that, the, that the Clintons have a higher kill count than a clan in Call of Duty, <laughs> uh, that's what this is about. But this is for the people who've all been dismissed. And so you yeah. can visually watch what it is that you suspect, and you can watch it beyond any shadow of a doubt. Keep in mind, again, I am an untrained professional. So um, there always is the risk that I either spontaneously combust, you know, or I have to speak mm-hmm. through one of those, uh, you know, those commercials for, for esophageal cancer where I'll be hosting a show like this after. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. Yeah. It could happen. It's just this is interesting because I mean, I, you know, I'm sure this is going to be uh, really funny as well, and I expected it to be funny. But this, I feel like we're watching like a legit MythBusters episode here. Does uh, feel like it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's also interesting that you brought up that he didn't jump from the top cell, uh, yeah. the top bunk bed, which would have made sense if you're really trying to hang yourself, because that kind of force you would understand. All right, yeah, right. that snapped his neck in three places. Much more right. likely than just kneeling down and doing it. You know, the thing is, he could, the reason that no, no one is reporting that he jumped off the top bunk, and when you look at the cell, you'll see why it would likely be impossible, because there would be no way to tie the rope so tight that you would generate tension without your body's natural mm. defense mechanisms. Your body doesn't want to die, right? So there'd be right. no way to tie a rope where his feet couldn't be on the bottom bunk or his yeah. feet wouldn't touch the floor. Um, and that's why we've also, this is something else that no one takes into account, right? It's very easy to strangle yourself, okay? But that's not what they're arguing. They're arguing that three bones were broken. So we've been running some pre-tests, and I've completely slumped down to the ground, you know, where I'm not generating any force. That's not even close to what's needed to snap the neck. But people don't realize it takes only three seconds, approximately, to be choked unconscious, right? In those three seconds, that's your window to generate enough force to break your neck immediately because you would have to be creating leverage, pushing against the bed, snapping it, because once you go unconscious, there's no chance that you're going to create enough force to fracture those three bones. So... We also need to see if we can generate enough force before the amount of time it would take to pass out. The fact that it's so mm. easy to strangulate yourself actually uh, is, is stacks the deck against the idea that Jeffrey Epstein fractured his neck because he would have had to be conscious to throw himself to create the kind of force toward yeah. Newton uh, necessary to kill himself. And that's why the more we've been building the set out, you know, we, we, what you're talking about here, we sat down and said, well, what if he jumped from the top bunk? And we conduct some research. Well, he didn't jump from the top bunk, but let's see if we can. There's no way to really jump from the top bunk and create a rope that would function. Wow. So, well, hold on a second. What if he uh, passed out and then was just slumped down? You know, his leg got caught, let's say, on the bed, so all of the energy went on his neck. It was nowhere close to the force necessary. So we haven't tested everything yet, but uh, we've done a lot of pre-runs here. And um, the more that we've researched it, the more that we've recreated the set, the more convinced I am that we haven't gotten the full story. And listen, people can watch for themselves at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. Uh, it's the first time they'll be able to see in action what the cell looks like, what the kind of force was that could be generated. And um, we're not making, we're not going to conclusions yet. So I, I'm as curious as you guys are, um, mainly to see that if I'll, I'll even be able to have this kind of a conversation. <laughs> Is there a, uh, a promo code associated with your potential death tonight, Stephen? There is. It is just Epstein. So once the stream goes live at 8 p.m. Eastern, I believe uh, through Black Friday, actually, the promo code Epstein will give people $20 off Mug Club joining the Blaze TV. Uh, so they can go to loudonfetter.com slash Mug Club, and you get the full hand-etched mug and, of course, access to the whole Blaze TV catalog. You become a member, a member for $20 off um, if you enter in the promo code Epstein. And, of course, all the proceeds go 
directly to conducting these kinds of experiments in the future and uh, this kind of content, which is uh, wildly unprofessional, incredibly entertaining, but uh, hopefully somewhat useful. <laughs> All right, Stephen Crowder, louderwithcrowder.com. Uh, the promo code is Epstein. Uh, join tonight, 20 bucks off. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Uh, somebody we haven't heard from much in the last three years, Rick Perry. Uh, and we're only hearing him about him now, I think, because he's on his way out as Secretary of Energy. But um, he's apparently changed his mind ever so slightly from the campaign in 2016. <laughs> I mean, just a little bit. A little nuanced. Yeah. It's tough to tell. I don't know if you can detect it. <laughs> it is. I know. You know, because uh, I believe he referred to Donald Trump as a cancer during the campaign. But now... He's the chosen one who was sent by God to lead us. We have the uh, audio God's of this. used uh, imperfect people all through history. King David wasn't perfect. Uh, right. Saul wasn't perfect. Solomon True. wasn't perfect. Uh, and I actually gave the president uh, a little one-pager mm-hmm. on those Old Testament kings mm-hmm. about a month ago. Hmm. And I shared it with him. I said, Mr. President, I know there are people that say, you know, you, you said you were the chosen one. Uh, and and I, I said, you were. I said, if, if you're a believing Christian, you understand God's plan uh, for hmm. the people who uh, rule and, 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 and judge over us on, on this planet in our, in our government. So it's nuanced, you know, like you, like you said, Stu. It's, it's tough to find the difference there between campaign 2016 and and today <laughs> but well, look it's slightly different yeah it's different i mean and look and some of that is uh, uh, there's a lot of people who like like did not like donald trump in the campaign and like him yeah. more now yeah, I, yeah. i've said a million times he succeeded my expectations <clears throat> oh yeah mine too um however uh to go from from, from cancer, cancer to, to the chosen, chosen one of is, god is Significant. It's a significant change. It's the it's way a I would, significant I would put it. change. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 people are beating him up on this, and it's hard to tell exactly what he's trying to do there. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, like the sort of uh, obvious take is like you know, you you want to get Trump on your side. You say really positive things about him, and like that's he's just taking that to the nine millionth uh, degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could also make the argument like, look, you know, it's God's will, and mm-hmm. Trump is in that position because it's God's will, and that's all he was saying. I don't know. I mean, it is there is there is this weird thing I think, particularly with people talking about religion around these issues, it puts them in weird positions. I think a lot, you know, like there is a there's a there was a big thing about how character was ultimately the most important thing when Bill Clinton was running, and yeah. you know, obviously the Republicans have sort of long abandoned that, and now Democrats claim that they care about character, which is just laughable. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. how you even with a straight face say these things, but really both sides have sort of switched on that point. I mean, during the Clinton impeachment, I mean, mm-hmm. yes, there was a lot of conversation about, uh, about the legal part of this, but always bigger than that was the idea that conservatives care about who you are as a man. Who you are as a person. Yeah, it matters. Character it matters. matters. We said that a million times, yeah. especially during Clinton. But you're, like you said, it's changed, and there's pretty good indication of that. From um, Eric McTaxis was uh, was interviewing Franklin Graham, uh, kind of about that very thing. Awesome. Well, you have not uh, shrunk 
from uh, talking politics. And a lot of people have what I consider a profoundly unbiblical notion that uh, if you love Jesus, you're not supposed to talk politics or be political. Uh, I don't find that only wrong, but tremendously harmful. And so uh, you've been a hero to many because you've been willing to speak uh, about politics. And so what do you think of of what is happening now? I mean, it's a very bizarre uh, situation to be living in a country where some people seem to exist uh, to to undermine the president of the United States. Um, It's just a it's just a bizarre time for most Americans. Well, I I believe it's almost a demonic power. That is you don't, I, I would disagree. It's not almost demonic. No, it's, I mean, you know, you know, and I know that at the heart, it's a spiritual battle. It, it's a spiritual battle. And if you look at what the president has done, just just for our country, regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, uh, we have the unemployment is at the lowest in 70 years. More African-Americans are working, more Latinos are working, more Asians are working, more everybody is working. We have a an economy that is uh, just uh, screaming forward. It's its incredible. Can, can you even imagine we're saying this? Because literally three years ago, our economy was dead yep. in the water, dead in the water. We all know it. And three years later, you just said it's screaming forward. That's a fact. It's, I mean, that's not fact. our opinion, right? And, and here, here's what that does for, for, for churches, for Christians. Um, that means more people are working, so there's more people tithing and giving to the churches. Uh, there's more money for missions. There's more uh, money for your building programs. Uh, all of this is because Donald Trump said he was going to turn things around and make America great again. He cut taxes, and that cutting taxes added fuel to this economic engine that we're enjoying right now. He's, he's not a politician. I appreciate that about him. He's a businessman, and that's what we've needed in our government, not politicians. We need businessmen. And he's done that. Well, it's it's almost comedic because I know you've been vilified by people uh, for standing up for, for Trump. I have to a, to a lesser extent because I've been less vocal, but and I'm not as known as you are. But it's just a fascinating thing because people seem to devolve to a kind of moralistic Phariseeism, and they say, "How can you support somebody?" Blah blah blah, and then they go on to cite how he's the least Christian. You know, they go on and on, and I think. These people don't they don't even have a biblical view when it comes to that, you know, that if somebody is uh, doesn't hold to our theology, that doesn't mean they can't be a great pilot or a great doctor or, or dentist. I mean, it's a bizarre uh, situation that we're in, that, that people mm-hmm. seem only to have these standards for the for the president somehow. You know, I, I believe that Donald Trump believes uh, he believes in God. He believes in Jesus Christ. Uh, his depth, um, he doesn't, uh, you know, he, he he went to churches here in New York, and yeah. he didn't get a whole lot of teaching. He, he knows there's two, <laughs> there's two a testaments, a knock right? there. Yes. He knows that. Okay, we're going to Yeah. Okay, well, some of that, I, you know, I, I agree with. Mm-hmm. But as you brought up, that's not what we said during Clinton. We said character really matters, right? It's, that's what Christian said, I think, during the Clinton years, and... Um, so it was, it was slightly different then. Yeah. And I think it's changed now and it, it seems like character doesn't matter now. And I think, I, you know, might, like they do, I think he's done a really good job way better than I thought he would. Yeah. 
I think part of it is I I don't know if it's just that we've kind of come to the conclusion that everybody pretty much sucks, mm-hmm. you know, and you just don't expect a lot out of people anymore on on this front. Yeah, and I'll, you know, to be frank about it too, probably I don't you know this wasn't necessarily the case uh, with us per, per se and many in the audience, but there was a lot a lot of that stuff you realize later on is is just a talking point of the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, like. There was a lot of talk about executive orders uh, uh, around the Obama time, a lot less during the Bush time from conservatives. The same yeah. thing that happens now. I mean, like, you know, the, we've, you know, there are things to be, there's some stuff that Trump has done that I haven't liked, like the emergency declaration and such that I think would have definitely been opposed during the Obama administration and, and now aren't. Mm-hmm. And like, look, you look at the entire Spending. picture, you still have to, you still have to pick somebody off your list, Right. When you're voting for someone, you still have to select one of the candidates that's available. And I think yeah. there's a very, you know, very logical argument that says, look, we've, we see what the positives of Trump are and what the negatives are. And we've selected mm-hmm. him because he's better than the other people. And that's a totally rational way of sort of doing a cost-benefit analysis on the, on the situation. Yeah, especially um, now. But there is this, this temptation with Trump, I think, uh, is different than others for Republicans, at least. Because I think Obama had some of this for Democrats. But there's this, this sort of idea that you can't can't just say like, well, I don't like this part. Yeah, you can't. Uh, it's like you, you can't why? disagree with him on anything. Yeah, because I, I, I don't want to be a cheerleader mm-hmm. for anybody, frankly. I, like, yeah. I, I don't I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it bothers me to be a cheerleader just to, in principle, just to be. I don't like agreeing with people enough. I'm much more comfortable when everybody disagrees with me. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's. I don't know why. It's just like it's one of those things where I, that's 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 more comfortable. I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people, including myself, but to, to be like an, an a 100% cheerleader is, is I think a function um, of how unfair the media is to Trump so often. And you get defensive because you're just like, wait a minute, they're, they're screwing the, you know, they're, they're attacking him all the time. Yeah. I'm not even going to bring up the, the problem I have with him because you know, I, that happens all the time. I think it does. And I think it's it a natural yeah. thing for people we defend him more because the left uh, they're so out of control yeah. with it they hate him so much to such an extent that there's nothing he could do there is absolutely nothing he could do that they would agree with or condone no i mean to the point of again like donald trump is has a, a trade policy i don't like and one of the reasons i don't like it is it's because it's been the democrats policy for 40 years yeah right yeah. and 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 the 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 media loved it mm-hmm. they freaking loved that policy until donald trump kept saying it i think it was the uh, the babylon the babylon b had a great argument uh, article the other day that's that the headline was uh in stunning development donald trump comes out in favor of impeachment forcing democrats <laughs> to oppose it and it's like that's kind of <laughs> That's where we are. That's where we are as That's a society. And Metaxas and and uh, Reverend Graham were, were talking about the the left. I think when they're this reaction to him is almost demonic, or in their words, maybe past almost, <laughs> because they're so out of control with their hatred that uh, they just oppose absolutely everything he does. And I think I think that's it's almost true. If he came out in favor of impeachment, they'd be against it. I keep think I want him to go pro-choice right now. <laughs> I, that's what I want. I want Trump to just come out that full would be out, interesting. 
full out uh, pro-choice. Abo- now, I don't want him to name any judges that believe that. Right. So, like, maybe he's making terrible mistakes with the judges. They all happen to be pro-life. But just as but an just experiment. As, I, I, let's give it a shot. I want him on TV every day saying how we have to – look, women need to be able to make their choices on this. Up to nine months. In fact, after the pregnancy is over, I think he should – and then all the Democrats will be like, this is, this man's a horror show. He wants to murder children. This man wants to murder children. That's where they'd be. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.